Hello and welcome to Case Reopened, the number one uh, Detective Conan rewatch podcast on the internet. My name is Kyle Bradford, and I am joined by a couple of lovely people. Uh, first off, joined by the creator, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Tyler Therese. Tyler, how are you doing? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we're also joined by Colleen. Colleen, how are you doing? So where are these lovely people at? The ones that oh are joining God. you. So self-deprecative today. Yeah, oh, do we wow. have some Look guests at everybody. today? You're so cool. Is oh my Spencer God. joining us? Oh, if only. If only. Rather hang out with him than you guys. What's but, your uh, little what's your little like pet name for Steven? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I think that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh how was your guys' week? Good. I saw Good. Parasite. Ooh, ooh, movie of the year. It was really good. Ooh, it was really oh, good. It's not. It's not it's Joker. Oh, it's so fantastic. Oh man, I've never it's heard no of Joker. the Joker, but uh, Parasite's a good movie. <laughs> what if? What if I told you there was a film that deeply examines class and its place and role in society, and there was a dude that shoots Robert De Niro, all in the same movie. Sounds like so a the meme. first part was actually Parasite. But is Robert <laughs> De Niro in there? Does in he get spirit. his blown, like? Does he get his brains blown out? In I don't spirit. think so. That in might spirit. have been cut from the movie. It might be on the editors. Cut for time. <laughs> Robert De Niro cut for time. Couldn't have him in there. Tried, but you know, you know how it is. Plus, Joker, you don't need disgusting subtitles to read. You can just. Enjoy we're on an anime podcast <laughs> where we're watching the sub. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> this was your idea too. <laughs> yeah, don't watch the dub now. Looking yeah, at you, Kyle. You get mad at us. Well, because that's more content. Well, this this podcast is never gonna end, and the show is never gonna end. We need to carefully plan <laughs> out content, man. Yeah, somebody's gotta look fucking. Two decades into the future. Yeah, we're going to be pretty me. desperate in two decades from now. Yep. Oh, I and have an important that's question. That's when we have the dub. Uh, I have an important question for both of you guys. Because uh, last week was uh, a Valentine's Day week. And you're both single. So what's your question? So how'd that go? <laughs> no. uh, are you guys sad? Colleen? Oh, did I go first? <laughs> No. <laughs> I take that as a yes. I actually... Uh, I take that as a... Kyle's life is fantastic. Incredible. Um, of course. And uh, that's why he's hosting the pod now. That's why we're here. This is the world we're living in. I, uh, I've gained more power. I am... Uh, I'm unstoppable. And... Uh, and I'm really happy about it. How was your Valentine's, Colleen? It was fine. I worked from home, so I didn't even... See what was going on in the office, and I got a lovely. Did anybody did anybody send you flowers? No, but I got a squish mallow. A what? Okay, I I didn't know these things existed <laughs> either. It's basically a cross between a stuffed animal and a pillow, but it's very squishy and kind of feels like a marshmallow, so it's quite lovely. Like a stress ball. No, it's like a huge pillow. It's uh, 
Did you just get a body pillow and decide to like call something <laughs> else because you're embarrassed? No, no. Honestly, respect. It's not big enough to be a body pillow. What uh what would be the body pillow you get, Tyler? I would never stoop that low. You say that, but I have a feeling you have like three body pillows. I don't have a single body pillow, thank you very much. It's debatable. It's not debatable. Although, this is an audio podcast, so we can't ever be sure, you know? <laughs> I don't like your can't attitude. Sure. I'm just asking questions, you know, that's all I'm that's all I'm doing. I'm just asking questions. I don't like your questions. <laughs> so back to the question. You guys want to talk about Conan? <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say, how was your Valentine's Day, gentlemen? Oh, uh, Tyler, do you want to go first? How about you just go first, all right? Me, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was okay. Me and, me and Morgan, we hung out. Uh, we, we had some yummy food, and uh, we planned on going to this new bowling alley in town, but we didn't do it because we're both tired. So, wow. it was actually pretty chill, pretty relaxed. Romantic. Very much so. Yeah, I, I like to think of myself as a, as having some romance, just like a another another man, another myth, another legend. Uh, Shinichi. Holy shit! <laughs> Damn straight, <laughs> Shinichi the romantic. I just, uh, I just <laughs> let me think what I did on Valentine's Day. Oh, that was Friday, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I woke up early so I could watch 40-year-old virgin with two very lonely men online. So it's just three lonely dudes watching Steve Carell get his chest waxed. Doesn't that movie end, though, with Steve Carell getting into a relationship? I think so. It does, but... Also, there's that song. Yeah. Age of Aquarius. So, true true jam. Yeah, I think that sort of balances it out. Yeah, but he hooks up with a grandma. It's not a grandma. She's a grandma, yeah. She's like the same age as him. And is a grandma. Oh, like literally? She's a grandma. Literally. Yeah. Oh, I forget about this uh this plot element. Grandma's yeah, she's a hot love. granny. A gilf. <laughs> Ew. Let's talk about Conan. <laughs> yes, uh, we have two episodes for everybody today. We watched, uh, let's see, do we know the episode name? Episode 90 and 91, The Flower Sense Murder Case and uh, The Bank Robber's Hospitalization Case. So not a two-party this time, so not as intense. Um, so yeah, uh, let's get started here. The episode begins with Ron and Conan standing outside the International Grand Prize Art Winner Commemoration Party and being starstruck over seeing the actress Aoichi Marika and soccer star Takahata Koiji. Meanwhile, Kogoro gets thrown out of the same event they're arriving for despite being invited in. However, Okanarika's manager, Ozaki Midori, clears up the confusion and gets him inside while Kogoro loudly proclaims that he's here to investigate a murder threat. That's a, a bit of an interesting opening. Have you guys ever been thrown out of any place? Can't say have. You don't party no, enough? No, definitely not. What about you, Tyler? I've only been thrown out of locations in my dreams. Never in real life. What are your dreams? <laughs> I'd rather not say. <laughs> there's a, not, there's a lot of questions. Not Taco Bell, obviously. 
clearly, uh, not Taco Bell. I love this scene because it shows that Kogura is not quite as famous as he thinks he is, and then he immediately puts everybody on edge by loudly like saying that, oh, I'm here to investigate a murder threat. It is a great way to start any relationship with anyone, just saying, I'm here to investigate murder. Right, you automatically get a target put on your back. Yeah, it's like yelling fire in a crowded theater or a bomb on an airplane. Just uh, always a always a good move. Always a good move. You know, Kogoro, he's uh, he's thinking about the long game here. Conan and Ron then accompany Kogoro inside and get a flower brooch put on their clothes. Uh, Midori explains that they received a threat a few days ago that reads, uh, "quote The flower of death will bloom at the Bayfront Hotel." Unquote. However. Rika believes it to be a prank that it isn't worth uh, worrying about. She says that it's done by losers that are jealous that she won. Uh, Ron explains to Conan that she's an avant-garde Ikebana artist that appears on TV and that her act was uh, has all the flowers blooming after she finishes the arrangement. Conan compares it to magic and then her manager reveals that the secret is in the temperature. Uh, what did you guys think of the uh, avant-garde Ikebana artist? The artist herself, like the lady, I thought was kind of rude. She didn't seem like she was a very happy person, despite working with flowers all day. But the the art of it itself was very intriguing to me. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd go yeah. see a show about that. Even though it's pretty uh, bourgeoisie, you know, still seems cool. <laughs> what about you, Tyler? I thought she was hot. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Very like hot. She was doing those flowers. Because uh, uh, of the temperature. She has to be hot. That's the trick. Oh, is this a vaginal thing? <laughs> what are you saying that she does with those flowers, Kyle? Flowers. That's a vaginal thing, right? You know better than what? I do. It's avant-garde, dude. It's, a, it's avant-garde. It's is avant-garde. avant-garde just like an excuse to say Yo. anything? And then you say, oh, I'm saying because it's avant-garde. Shiraki Daisuke, the owner of the hotel, which all this is taking place in, uh, then comes in and asks if the party is still going to be going on as planned. Uh, Rika says that it will, and he reminds her that the Shiraki group has always been there to support her. Uh, Quonin finds it odd that his brooch wasn't in bloom, though, and he promptly leaves. Uh, Rika then shows her dislike for the owner, saying that he only appreciates money, not art. Like, duh? I don't know. Seems like most art funding dudes. That's the case. Conan goes to check out some flowers and accidentally knocks over a can of liquid nitrogen. Her manager says that it's the secret behind Rika's art and that it's an idea she applied rather than created. Obviously hinting that she stole the fucking idea. Yeah, as soon as that was said, I was like, oh, that's going to play a major part in their plot. (laughs) Yeah. Did you guys have uh, theories at this point, right when she said that? Yeah, well, I thought it was... Uh, definitely connected to the manager, but I thought maybe it was, you know, her idea actually, but ends up being a family member, but same thing. She's out for revenge. Mm. Love these uh, revenge stories. It's teaching us valuable lessons. That's very true. About revenge. (laughs) How to do it properly. Make make sure that it's valuable lessons, not vaginal lessons. Kyle, you're the expert on this. What's a vaginal lesson? God damn, I hate you so much, Kyle. (laughs) It's about Kegels. It's about, um, I don't know, other things. Uh, 
Anyways, at the party, Kokoro is asked to help out by an employee as the owner wasn't opening his door. He gives Mori the spare key and they open the door to find the owner dead, surprisingly shocking. Oh my gosh. Uh, the police then arrive and it's revealed that the cause of death is being strangled with his own necktie. However, Conan says something isn't right with the corpse as his necktie is knotted in the front. Meguri says that uh, he must have been strangled from the front, which must have taken considerable more strength to do. Conan points out that it doesn't look like the victim resisted, though, as there's no uh, scratches on his nails or anything like that. Um, Kogoro says the culprit must be someone like a pro wrestler that knocked them out instantly. Tyler, you know quite a bit about wrestling and uh, MMA and things like that. What's your take on the situation? Yeah, uh, they've probably definitely killed dudes. Especially oh. in the mid nineties. Cool. Who's uh who's the most likely candidate? Let's name some names. Uh well Jimmy Snuka killed somebody. Oh like this happened? Vince McMahon covered it up. Killed his girlfriend and then it was covered up by Vincent K. McMahon. Pretty Is silly. Vince just a bad dude, like all around? I don't know. He kinda rolls. Rika then arrives and demands to talk to Megary. She says that he can't cancel the party as her reputation would be ruined if it was, uh, which is insane. <laughs> Kokoro tells her not to be so selfish and that this was a premeditated murder. Uh, she says that the danger has passed now and even Conan calls her selfish. Tagaki uh, comes back with a list of strong people that includes a pro wrestler named Anaconda Katagiri and a football star named Imamura Koturo who uh, apparently once had an argument with the owner of his wage. Kogoro says it must be Kotaru, which is a, I don't know. I feel like they're just targeting him because it seems like he's into some leftist stuff. And uh, I'm not all about it. I'm not about it. Can we talk about the name Anaconda Katagiri? It's a good <laughs> name. Yeah, it's yeah. a cool name. He's a cool looking guy. I love him. Yeah. He probably, uh, just wrap his arm around you like an anaconda and murder you. And at this point, after Rika said that she wanted the show to go on, I thought for sure she was the murderer. Sure. Um, yeah. Is that how you guys were feeling? I wasn't 100% yet, but there's a conversation later that tries to she sell the her as the other murderer character more. character that really uh, so I, was emphasized, because even these two guys, they kind of were mentioned and we see them once, uh, but the manager was the one. Yeah. Right. Clearly red herrings. Uh, we then see the party proceed as planned. Uh, when the police try to detain Anaconda Katagiri, they're thrown off as even Kogoro is tossed aside. Just nobody can get the guy. Um, it takes eight men to stop him in his tracks, but then Tagaki appears and reveals that he has an alibi as he's been friends. Uh, he's been with friends since entering the party room. Conan then lies to the guards near the body by saying that the inspector needs help and examines the body himself. He smells chloroform, and that means even someone that was uh, weak could have strangled him. He then wonders how they made him inhale it, and it looks at the flower, which has bloomed suddenly. Can we uh, just mention how Conan was the only one who smelt the chloroform, whereas the other investigators had no idea? It's like, if, he, if a little kid could smell it. I, I just assume cops can't do their job in this show. Don't you think, like, smelling chloroform should be, like, kind of dangerous, too? Wouldn't it be funny if, like, Conan just knocked himself right. out here? That'd be very like funny. A... <laughs> that was the end of the episode. Now I know what Kogro feels like. Yeah, that's true. Taste of his own medicine. 
Conan's sort of a villain, if you think about it. Elaborate. How? I mean, yeah, he's, like, explaining how all these murders happen, but, like, also he's gaslighting people. Conan walks to Rika's room and hears her celebrating the death of the owner, which is its own sort of crazy. Uh, quote, he has nothing more than... St- uh, he was nothing more than a stepping stone on my path to fame, she toasts. Uh, she says it was uh, preposterous that he tried to manipulate her and tells her manager off for trying to stop her from talking. Conan knocks on the door, tells them it's almost curtain time, and uh, then puts tape over the door so he can sneak inside after they leave. Uh, he approaches the cooler and finds chloroform there and a cyanide solution. Conan wonders uh, if they're going after someone and finds frozen chloroform in the form of ice cubes. He theorizes that she put this in the frozen brooch and that she allowed it to melt gradually at room temperature, knocking the person out. This time, she did it with cyanide, although Conan isn't sure who the culprit is. So this was a big uh, plot twist in the episode, I guess. Um, What did you guys think once he overheard the conversation and then found all the chloroform and stuff? Well, I knew that it had to be something related with the, the dude's brooch, because it was, you know, curled up at first, and they made a point of showing it. And then when he was dead... It was open. So I didn't know. I, I didn't put it together that it was like frozen or something, but I definitely thought it was keeping something in that then released. Um, I thought it was cool. I didn't know you could freeze chloroform. That's kind of cool. Me neither. Yeah, I like the scientific little stuff that they did in this episode. What about you? Yeah, like now I have like so many new ideas of how I can. No, I'm not even going to say it. Right, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. a bad joke. <laughs> okay. Go on. Okay. Colleen. Colleen, go. <laughs> I, I also really liked the trick. I thought it was very discreet. And the fact that everyone had to have a flower brooch on was obviously part of the whole plan. So I think it was well thought out. Kudos to uh, this murderer, I guess. Kudos to the murderer. Yeah, shout Can out. Can we get some, some kudos to Kudo, our little, our little crime-solving king? Uh-huh. I give him kudos every day, so... Well, every episode. I don't want to know how you're giving him kudos. That sounded <laughs> wrong. Hold on, what? <laughs> I didn't mean for it to sound wrong. You're like, I give him kudos <laughs> every day. I agree. Uh, so let's move on. <laughs> uh, Conan goes back to the party floor and is searching for someone with a closed flower as they'll die when it opens. Uh, Rika's one-woman show then begins and she starts her performance. Conan can't find anyone with a closed flower and then believes that she's going to kill herself once her flowers bloom. Conan grabs liquid nitrogen and sprays all the flowers on stage to stop them from blooming. So uh, Rika screams that the brat has ruined her show while Kogoro picks him up. Conan apologizes, saying that he was just waving it around when it started coming out and then shoots Kogoro with his wristwatch. Man, haven't all men just been waving it around and it started coming out? Like, Oh my god. A relatable, embarrassing moment right there. This uh, this whole episode has such an energy that I do not condone. And I definitely did not catch that when I was watching it. Kogoro then begins his deduction show and says that he had ordered the show to be stopped. He reveals that her life would have ended if the flowers opened and tells Megari to seal all the flowers as they contain the secret to how the owner was killed. He says that it wasn't Rika who killed the owner as she was meant to be the next victim, which seems like a big shock. Uh, instead, it was her manager, Nozaki Midori. She's the only person who could have planted something in the flowers on stage. Midori had planned on killing herself alongside Rika on stage as she had completed her revenge. Her motive was that Rika stole the idea for the avant-garde Akibana. 
So we get a little bit of an explanation here. Um, Midori fesses up to the crime immediately. I couldn't forgive them, she says. Uh, neither is Shiraki nor Rika. Uh, my older sister Haruka started this avant-garde Ikibana. Rika was her apprentice. However, she let Shiraki be her sponsor and tried to make herself the leader. Uh, it's then revealed that Rika uses dirty tricks against her sister, so she couldn't display her work and that her sister committed suicide due to it. Rika doesn't love flowers at all, she says. Uh, she did it for prestige, power, and money. Uh, Midori changed her name and appearance to become her manager, all so she could get revenge. So, uh, here we go. Another uh, familial drama revenge story. I feel uh, very reminiscent to the last week's two-parter. Am yeah. I correct in that thinking? Uh, I was kind of underwhelmed by this reveal, just yeah. because I didn't buy that Rika was going to kill herself. Like, that didn't make any sense to me when they brought that up. Like, mm-hmm. kind of was like, oh, she's going to kill herself. I'm like, why would she kill herself? Like, it seemed like she had done everything. Like, it seemed like she was taking the next steps for her career, like she was saying. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So then I was like, okay, so it must be uh, her manager then. It so I had figured it out because of that. Yeah. And then no evidence was shown. She just immediately was like, yep. I did it. You guys caught me. Um, Yeah. Which I thought was a little underwhelming as well. Yeah, no defense. (laughs) Yeah, I I like the method a lot. I like the flowers opening being connected to the murder and stuff. And, uh, but I guess this reveal was just a bit by the numbers and we didn't really get to know Midori much enough for us to care about her, like, past, you know? So. Yeah, I feel like she maybe said like three yeah, things really the absent. whole episode mm. they spent so much time i think trying to set up rika as the possible um murderer probably yeah like too much so yeah right down to her personality too many red hairs. just like mean to everybody right exactly. just making her a bitch for no reason no no, <laughs> well, no, for she, no reason. they made her hot. they made her hot temperature sure. wise <laughs> yeah that's the, that's the type of personality <laughs> very I'm warm into. Uh, warm. She was a very warm person. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> after the ending song, Conan reveals that Rika's career was over due to the case, and Kogoro punished him once he woke by uh, slapping his ass in the ballroom. So, which makes it was sense. A very surprising I ending. I feel like yeah, I, I like I like I like when they go like when they show Kogoro waking up because he has no clue what actually happened and he just continues doing exactly what he was going to do before he just yeah, passed no out. Time yeah, no As if nothing had happened. Long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I love him. Um, so that leads us into the next episode, uh, episode 91, the bank robbers hospitalization whoa, 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 case. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, we got, we got some stuff to read. <laughs> you want to go over the Let's next? Skip over it. Yeah. We always do the next kind of intent. Okay. Uh, the next and, pun. and ask us about what, what we thought about the episode overall. Yeah, don't just skip straight to the next episode, man. It's hard when you don't really care. <laughs> you just want to fast track this. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, what did you guys think of this episode overall? Fun, exciting, a little bit lame. I feel like uh, I... most of our comments about the twist at the end sort of uh, seem to be a little bit revelatory. Yeah, it was kind of like a middling episode overall but i really like the flower stuff mm. but more importantly kyle i wanted to ask you a question did you think this was an anime original or a manga adaptation uh i'm always wrong <laughs> uh 
I think just because of how it's sort of wrapped up at the end, unless maybe this turns out to be like a, a longer uh, case in the manga and they sort of had to cut it down. It feels like it's an anime original. You are correct. It is an anime original. Hell yeah. Ding, ding, ding. I'm cool. Very smart. You're on a one episode correct streak. Hell yeah. <laughs> Wait till this next one. <laughs> What'd you think of the uh, episodes, Colin? I liked it. I thought the story was really compact. I mean, it is a one episode deal, but uh, I thought it was uh, well laid out. I liked the trick, like we mentioned. It was really interesting. And I kind of liked the insight into the world of the Ikiban um flower arranging i mean it's a big part of the japanese culture so i thought it was really interesting that they had a whole story around it what is ikibana i thought it was just the i mean i i didn't look it up but isn't it the the word for i guess flower arranging or theatrical flower arranging oh. or something i didn't put that two together <laughs> i just thought it was like some sort of stage play thing. i could be making that up i'm totally just guessing no no no, no. Uh, I believe you 100%. Nobody found it. Yeah, it's, it's the fine. Japanese art of flower arrangement. Yeah. So I uh, liked when she was like cutting the branches and it was all dramatic during her stage show. Yeah, the audience was super funny. Would you go to an Ikebana? Probably not. I mean, maybe if like a girl dragged me there, but I don't think I'd go to some chick arranging flowers as a show. On my own volition, probably. What would you not go to if a chick was trying to drag you to it? Oh, I'd go to anything. Okay. All right. That's what I assume. I don't think the opposite is true, though. Like, I don't. I wouldn't be dragged to something that a guy would take me to. Would you be dragged to an Ikebana? Yeah, I could be dragged there, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, the next Conan's hint, cream puffs. Uh, Conan says, next time Uncle Kogoro is going to the hospital. Uh, and Takaki says, let's go, Meguri-kun, by Detective Kaka- Takagi. I'm so confused on what this even means. I had no clue what the fuck he was saying either. That's why I wanted to ask you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then Meguri just goes, Nani? <laughs> okay, uh, do we want to go over it a little bit? What is Takagi saying? Defend your man, Colleen. <laughs> My man Takagi is using um, the honorific that's a little bit more casual. So he usually speaks to Megre, um a little bit because he's at a high, like in a higher position. He usually calls him whatever he does, inspector, whatever the well, why title. Why did he? Why did he end end that by saying by Detective Takagi? Oh, I just ignored that part. But <laughs> oh my god, Megre's all. <laughs> this doesn't help like, at all. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to explain, like, oh, this is a part of, like, a book Tagaki was clearly writing or something. Yeah. Still confused. poetry book. Let's mm. go, Megre-kun. <laughs> poetry Takagi's by Tagaki. poetry would be cool. Do you think he'd be good at poetry? Yeah. Oh, like a long he, turtleneck? Snapping. He has a sensitive side. Yeah, for sure. That'd be slick. Next episode, <laughs> episode 91, The Bank Robber's Hospitalization Case. Air date February 16th, 1998. Um, so uh, this episode, Conan says, uh, today's stage is a hospital room. Let's find the virus in this case. <laughs> God, I hate it when Conan does this. His openings <laughs> suck. We haven't yeah. had a good one in like 50 episodes. <laughs> I don't know if there ever has been one. <laughs> uh, 
okay, so this episode begins with with Ron returning home to find drunken Kogoro asleep on the floor, surrounded by beer cans. Uh, she surprises. She thought he was supposed to go see Yoko Okino, the queen, and uh, then he panics whenever uh, she w- shakes him awake. He grabs his ticket but loses balance and falls down the stairs, <laughs> and an ambulance arrives to take him to the hospital. What I do love about this show is that when people get injured, there are actually consequences. It's not like other anime. Because when Kogoro first fell down the stairs, I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to like pass it off as it's just like a... Uh, an accident and he'll be fine but no he actually went to the hospital his leg was broken so i like that they kept that realism in there even though other shows in this genre uh usually that's look true at accidents like this and nothing actually happens to the characters i i like how megary uh calls back to that other time he broke his leg too that's right <laughs> just like having that sort of a permanence in canon is always nice um so yeah, he gets taken to the hospital. However, he's told, uh, or he's trying to convince the ambulance driver to take him to the Yoko Okino concert, but he's told that it's not a taxi and that he has a broken leg and he needs to get help. So uh, this is the best part. Uh, Conan and the rest of the detective boys then arrive at the hospital <laughs> to visit Kogoro. Um, I was obviously hyped. What did you guys think whenever the detective boys showed up? I thought they were going to get into some trouble and find a case. Very simple. I thought they but, would I mean, be useful. I just love those boys and uh, one girl. You know, they're just. Uh, they're I just love kids. the boys. <laughs> <laughs> What's better than dudes being dudes? Oh, yeah. You know what they're called in uh, the English dub, right, Kyle? They're not the detective uh, boys. No, they're the junior detective league. Oh, that's cute. So that's cute. Yeah. Oh, I like it. And Ayumi doesn't have not to as feel good. Left out. But yeah, I like it. I like it. Detective League. It's like a, a Justice League variant. Detective League. Uh, Genta calls Kogoro pathetic for breaking a bone. <laughs> and uh, Ayumi chides him for running down the stairs. Uh, God, I love Ayumi. She's so sweet. Uh, Kogoro tells them all to shut up and that he doesn't need to be scolded by kids who just stopped in on their way to play. They reveal that Conan is going to teach them soccer in the park. And... Uh, Daizaburo Sekiguchi, the old man sitting next to Kogoro, tells him to be appreciative as many people visited him when he was first hospitalized, but now nobody comes to visit. Uh, the third man in the hospital, Goemon Akibana, uh, just turns away, and the older gentleman says that he's antisocial and was brought in after a major car accident a week ago. Let's see, just as he says that, Daizaburo gets a visitor from the form of his son Yoshio tells his son that his uh it's embarrassing being hospitalized over a sprained back and that uh says that it needs to he still needs to just take his medicine for the day so i gotta say here have you ever messed up your back Kyle? uh not that bad no so how old would you say old daizaburo is oh good question um i'll go he looks pretty older (laughs) pretty older (laughs) he looks pretty old (laughs) Uh, I'll say 68. All right, so it makes sense for a 68-year-old man to hurt his back, you know, and have his brain. Uh-huh. Right. I was 27. <laughs> what did you do? And so I pulled my back last year. And you want to know how I, what I, what, like, very taxing thing I was doing to pull my back? What was it? 
I was putting on underwear. Oh no! No way! Wait, you got to walk through walk through this step by step. <laughs> what 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 else stuff is there? Okay, okay. So Kyle wants you're the putting on underwear. I, put I assume on you're like leaning down all the way. Are you standing up or are you like sitting down? I was standing up. I bend down, put some underwear on, and then I was like, "Ah, oh, my back." <laughs> Did you like fall over? So I, I was right next to my bed, so I just went in the bed, and it was horrific, man. I couldn't move. Yeah, like I couldn't like straighten my body and the thing. So I wound up like looking up online like ways to like fix your back. So then the fuckers told me to get on the floor. So, so I okay to do some stretches. So I like fucking. I got on the floor, I did the stretches, it didn't help any very much. <laughs> so you were just so stuck. Then, Yeah, so then I had to figure out how I was going to get back up. So that was a whole ordeal, getting back up into the bed. And um, I, lived, I lived on like the second floor of this house with a... And I was just like, oh my god, what am I going to do for food? And I didn't talk to the people I lived with. Uh-huh. So I was just kind of stuck in my room. <laughs> like, I remember... I don't think I ate anything that first day, but then the second day it was still like really bad. Thankfully, I work remotely, so like obviously, I and I just type, so it's not like that impacted my work any. So like the second night, I was like, God, I gotta get some food. <laughs> so I had to like fucking. I, I think I ordered Domino's, and then oh, <laughs> I had to like go meet meet the pizza delivery guy, like walking at this awkward angle because I couldn't stand up straight. Oh, <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> And then How long did it last? Probably after like three days, I could like fake it, like fake like I'm walking normal, because mm. I could go outside and like walk to the like dollar store nearby and stuff like that. But it was still like a l- painful for about a week. But then, then after that, it was fun. But that's the most embarrassing moment of my life. Jesus, spraining my back, fucking. Wait, that's the most embarrassing moment, <sighs> dude. I was just putting on underwear, and I like fucking was like. Thought I was gonna fucking die. I'm just saying, I would have picked a different story as the most embarrassing. Oh, the Care Bear one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, what? speaking of embarrassing stories, did I did I ever tell you when I got pissed thrown at me? What? Oh, yes, in high school, right? Well, I've heard the story. I don't think Colleen has. I have not. I oh, guess boy. it's just I'm just gonna go through a bunch of embarrassing <laughs> stories here. Why not? So I was, you know, you get. So I was in high school. You get to the high school football game, you know, with your friends. You hang out. So we it was over. So we were walking back around town, and then these fucking or I think I was in junior high at the time, and then these fucking high schoolers drive by in their car, and they just had a fucking they just had a, a cup of with piss in it, and they threw it out the car, went all over my shirt. Bad situation. Ba, no kidding. So like uh, they didn't know that it was you though, right? Like they didn't. No, it wasn't to... targeted. It was yeah. just they were they just want to hit anybody with piss, and I just happened to be the person. <laughs> you happen yeah. to be the lucky one. Define lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to get pissed thrown at you. Yeah. So apparently, that was my luck. You know, some people would be very excited about that. Not me. Okay. I'm just. Thankfully, saying. I lived nearby, so it was, I was. We were planning on doing other... I think we were going to go to a pizza place, and I was just like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good move. <laughs> Did you? So you had to walk home with pee all over you? Yep. 
God. Good thing this wasn't when you uh, messed up your back because that walk would not have <laughs> been great. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that's a good scene, though. I like imagining it. Did I ever tell you, Kyle, Mm -hmm. about the woman in Los Angeles that spit at me? No. Okay. Who spit at (laughs) me? This is just like a tell-all now. Yeah. (laughs) This was... I was in LA for my first trip, for my first uh, E3 trip, Mm -hmm. and I ordered pizza. Uh, We were in a... uh, Fuck. I can't remember exactly where we were, but we were like... A bit off. We were in like the outskirts of LA in like a different area. It was a very Spanish part of town. It was a nice area. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, there was a pizza place by our hotel. So I was like, you know, I'll get a pizza, bring it back so me and the guys can en- enjoy some za, you know, because I'm a nice guy. So I go, I pick up the pizza, and I'm walking back to our hotel. Granted, it's like one block away. So this is like a two minute walk to where like, how the fuck would anything go wrong here? And there's a bar nearby, and this drunken woman is just like, You got some pizza? Give me pizza. And I was like, No. And then I just like <laughs> continued walking on. And then she tried to spit on me because I didn't give her pizza when I was like, Damn. That just shows you how entitled women are. No offense, Colleen. Oh, is none, that what none that taken. Is? Colleen, what would you spit on show? somebody for that? Yeah, for not giving you pizza? Do you feel like you're obligated to everybody's pizza? pizza? No, not at all. I don't think I could get I, the projection I, for my spit to actually hit somebody too. So, yeah, thankfully, yeah, like, not a good spitter I think either. she was very dehydrated because, like, she tried to spit, but like, barely anything came out. So, I got lucky. Were you with? You said you were with a group. They were all back at the hotel, so I was oh. all alone. Ooh, dangerous! If you were with a group, you could have just like blocked yourself with one of them oh i thought you were gonna say that we'd beat up the woman and i was gonna be like (laughs) no i'm not i mean trust me kyle i hate women just like the rest of us but Um, i wouldn't go that far (laughs) she's louise let the record show i don't hate women what other embarrassing moments yeah you're a sympathizer it's like i'm one of them or something what the oh my god you're one of the the spitting, care bear throwing people. Women are good because uh, there's a lot of good stories that are coming from this. So, yeah. If anything, we're all muses. We're all muses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my embarrassing story. So, so thank you, Tyler, for sharing these stories. Uh, back to Conan. <laughs> <laughs> His son says that he has diabetes to worry about, and we see him drop something into his water before handing him his pills. Before taking his medicine, he asks his son where Yumi is. Yoshio nervously says that she's gone ice skating with some friends. Daisaburo says that it's too bad as he wanted to see his granddaughter. So a uh, little bit shady right off the bat here. Did you guys have any Yeah, what do you vibes? think was going on here? I thought he was trying to murder. Murder his dad or whatever. Yeah, I was very confused. And um, I didn't. this wasn't mentioned in the notes, but we do kind of see the guy enter um, like as a background character. I don't know. That's if, true. Like, did you like pay much attention to that? Because you see him with his daughter very slightly. Like they they kept it very vague on like if these characters mattered or not for a while, which I liked. Yeah, I thought it was handled super well because I rewatched the first part of the episode because I thought I was missing something. So when I went back to watch it again, I saw 
uh, Yoshio come in with his daughter, and I saw different characters sort of giving each other signals when he comes in, and Conan's like running around the scene, which I thought was really cool. It was, it was uh, choreographed very well. I liked it. I'd be interested yeah, in... Like, uh... One thing I just really loved about this episode was the framing. Like, throughout the whole episode, it doesn't feel like a normal uh, Conan episode. Mm, it's true. It's well-directed. Yeah, on that what point, were say, I'd be interested in... Well, I'd be interested in seeing, um, like, the differences between this and the manga version. Because according to the wiki, there were actually scenes added specifically for the anime. So uh, that might be why it seems like there's this kind of one story going on, and then there's, like, the co-growth stuff going on. Mm, that makes sense. So what you're telling yeah, me is that this is a manga Oh, wait, episode. didn't I? <laughs> Okay, cool. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's still see if he gets it right. How? <laughs> Manga adaptation or anime original? Uh, I'm going to go with anime. It just feels like an anime episode. Come on, Kyle. Okay. Uh, so, the bandaged man in the room then yells at Yoshio for staring at him, and Daisaburo asks Yoshio if he's caught the robbers that the, robbed the bank last week. He says they're still at large, and then Daisaburo suggests that he tells talks to Kogoro as he's a famous detective. Uh, Kogoro puts on a deep voice when introducing himself, which makes the kids laugh, and then Yoshio reveals that he was so afraid that he just hid under the desk the whole time. Uh, Conan mentions that the robbers stole 100 million yen, and Daisaburo gives more details. Uh, they did it in broad daylight without hurting anyone, and had disabled the security system beforehand. He says they must be in a large organization, judging by their skill. Yoshio then says he has stuff to take care of and that he'll be going. So he exits the room. So at this point, I thought that Yoshio was in cahoots with them. Same. And like he had disabled the security system. Because it didn't seem like this was like a big... like I don't know if by saying large organization, they were trying to get people to think of like the black organization. That's where my mind was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But like I was like, there's no way these guys are that talented. So I was like, maybe they just it was an inside job or something. Yeah. What about you, Colleen? What did you think whenever they uh they said this must be a a big organization? Like I didn't even think of black organization at the time. I was kind of more uh focused on the detective boys and Conan's story and the other stuff. Well, like it's gonna unravel at some point, so I'll figure it out eventually. So after he leaves the room. Yoshio is approached by Tagaki. He says that he has a few questions for him and asks if the bandage man next to his father had any visitors. Uh, he tells Takagi that he's quite busy and leaves without answering. He's super nervous and stuttered. Uh, so meanwhile, the detective boys theorize how the robbers escaped and that they're doing uh, and what they're doing with the money. Kogura says there's a good chance that they're still in the area and makes a bad pun by rhyming <laughs> bank, which is ginkgo, with suburbs, kinko. Uh, so then Genta says, go break, go and break your other leg. Uh, what a king. See, I love Genta. He's a big old triangle. Just by this one comment. Yeah, Genta's suddenly good again. Genta's always been he's, good. He's redeemed himself. Why do you not like Genta? Yeah, I like that he's got some sass now. Why do you guys not like Genta? I don't understand. Oh, wait. Because he's always I useless like and just gets them like in more trouble than before. Hell yeah, he's a baffling buffoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've always been more pro Gento than Mitsuhiko. 
Okay. I at least agree on that, on that front. <laughs> um, so uh, after Genta reveals his sass, uh, Kokoro tries to support from Daisaburo, but uh, he's fallen asleep. He then asks Conan to have them borrow a wheelchair as he wants to watch the Yoko Okino's show at three. Uh, also, I, I've loved that they keep referring to uh, Kogoro's love for Yoko Okino. Well, she's, she's a really queen. Cool. She is. I love idols. You know, support the queens. Kogoro states that, uh, quote, being in a hospital isn't so bad sometimes, unquote, right as the camera zooms in on a radio taped to the bottom of his bed. Oh, surprising. Shocking. Oh, uh, we then see Yoshio. What's that doing there? <laughs> I was very shocked. I thought like they were trying to elude that like Kogoro was in on something. At first I thought it was like a bomb. It was like a god. Oh, oh my god. Kogoro. That would have been very funny because the next shot is like somebody walking out of the room or something, isn't it? It's like the detective boys leaving. Yeah. And then it just would have blown up and Kogoro's dead. Uh, end of show. And he wouldn't have seen Yoko Okino. That's the real tragedy. We then see Yoshio walking down the steps and saying that he can't do it. A menacing figure then says, don't tell me you're chickening out now. So Yoshio explains that Kogoro is there and that there are policemen outside. He says that everything is covered and at 3.30 he'll be eliminated from the room. He tells Yoshio that he... uh, Sorry, he tells Yoshio that he already gave his father the sleeping pills and that his daughter is safe. I'm with a nice Anisan and having lots of fun, says Yumiko over the phone. Come pick me up after you finish talking to the doctor, okay? Thank you, Tyler. That was a That, that was, was a great. Yeah, you could be a voice actor. The man then gives Yoshio a present, which is a box of cream puffs. Your only chance is when the doctor leaves right before 3.30, when they go and make the rounds, he says. Inside the box is not a delicious pastry, but uh, a gun. What a twist. <laughs> the man asks how he can kill someone, and he's never <laughs> shot a gun before. <laughs> I don't. I don't. What's so funny, Tyler? I don't understand. I was really looking forward to how you would read that. <laughs> Is that why you? Yeah, it? I feel like it delivered. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing for an audience now. Oh God. Uh, let me back up a little bit then. Uh, the man asks how he can kill someone when he's never shot a gun before. And he tells him to put the gun against his body and just pull the trigger. You know, it's so easy. You don't have to think about it. I don't know what you're what you're stressing about here, buddy. <laughs> he just needs to muster up the courage. He tells him to calm down by washing his face and to do it for his daughter's safety. Ooh. Uh, so what did you think of the situation that this uh, bank guy found himself in? I really liked it. I liked him having to do something... Uh, bad for his daughter and having to put somebody else's welfare above his own and doing something dangerous. It reminded me of the episode we we uh, did a couple of weeks back where that guy was getting naked and screaming at teenage girls off the balcony right. to save his daughter. It's true. Oh, this, this wasn't as kinky. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, it did remind me of that, but I feel like it was a little bit better flushed out, and uh, I I felt more tense watching this anyway than uh, the previous one. I was definitely more comfortable watching this one because the other one I was just like, oh, please make it stop when the guy had to go out in his underwear, and it was just uncomfortable. But this was a little bit more 
I could get into the seriousness of the uh, the mm. situation. Sure. And it was also really random that it was him, like just by pure chance that his dad happened to be in the same room as the uh, bank robber guy. So it was just by accident that he was thrown into this uh, situation where it, True. where it could have been anybody really. You know, um, reminds me of something we say around here quite often. Um, you know, the Gosho Yama, he's a bit of a hack. Yes, that's something our production team here at Case Reopen Studios says quite often. Are you, are you going to walk that back? Are you impressed here? Am I impressed? Yeah. No, I'm saying... Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad writing. <laughs> You're doubling down on this? Yeah. Uh, very bad writing. Um, oh. Disappointing. Go I liked you. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Conan rejoins the Detective Boys after his stomach started hurting and uh then he gets lectured by genta to wash his hands we then see tagaki telling miguri that the tire tracks left by the bank robbers match akibana's car and that they probably left into the scene thinking that he had died miguri is shocked that mori broke his right leg again and mentions that he was just in the hospital for it which is a reference to episode 83 uh the general hospital murder case which kyle was not on <laughs> didn't talk about. oh that. really yeah <laughs> oops just want to, you know, let everybody know. Uh, still haven't seen that. How episode. did you reference it then? Well, because I remembered when we were talking about it earlier, this conversation later in the episode. That's all. I'll pretend like I know what you just said. We were talking about it earlier, right? We were talking about. Um... You brought it up, though. You, don't, <laughs> you referenced an episode you haven't seen. No, no, no. no. I'm saying that I was appreciative that uh, Maguri referenced it. Miguri. <laughs> oh my, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> my brain is broken now. Megury referenced it. That's what I was talking about. I was talking about this scene and I appreciated it. That's all I was saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh my You should God. go back and watch the episode. Uh one day I'll be forced to. Um Yeah, the dub. <laughs> the dub, <laughs> that or whenever Tyler finally forces me to uh, catch back up on episodes I missed. So uh, Megari says that he's going back to the station and tells Takagi to question him when he's well enough. Yoshi overhears uh, the conversation and thinks it's about going to the inspector as the guy isn't watching him. However, a policeman walks up to him and says, quote, forget it. Didn't my buddy tell you that we have you under watch? If you do anything stupid, you know what will happen. Man, unquote. you said you haven't seen that episode. You were on the podcast for it. You saw that episode. No, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, you were. Episode 83. I'm so confused right now. Is this, Did you go back and check? Episodes ago. That's, that's yeah. why I was so surprised. Well, I have no memory of it. <laughs> I remember the that. Where, the it's tease. the one where Kegaro was like being a framed. murder suspect yeah, yeah. He was being framed, oh yeah, yeah yeah i confused this night. with the uh the other bank robber one <laughs> i don't know which ones i have and haven't seen to be honest everything's a blur yeah i looked it up it's the same episode where we recorded the wait for me no yeah i special. i understand now before though i mean still <laughs> i feel like you know ones i have seen ones i haven't what's the fucking matter there's no plot here it's fine so what you're there saying is, is we should you be mi- just thankful that you remember the characters' names. What's funny is the stuff you missed was a lot of plot. Was there? Yeah. Well, 
I'll never know. And you missed the first movie. <laughs> That's true. I did miss the first movie. You should go back and catch up. I I'll be half I'll have to sometime. Catch up before the second movie. When's the second movie? This is a couple a weeks. The like a month. Oh boy. <laughs> Ooh, exciting. All right. Uh, let's continue March. on. Uh, the kids finally bring Kogoro a wheelchair, but mention that Conan has disappeared and that they were looking for him. Kogoro then rams Conan with the cast on his leg and yells that yells at Conan for telling him that Yoko's show is starting and that it will be his fault if he misses her singing. Uh, Conan then asks the detective boys a favor, and they all run off. I like this a little bit, quite a bit, uh, just going back to Kogoro and his love for, for the queen, Yoko Okino. It's oh, do or die. He cannot miss one of her shows. I'm pretty sure he was devastated when he missed the concert at the beginning of the episode. Hell yeah. I feel that in my bones. Have you guys ever uh, come close to missing a concert you'd really like to see? Or better yet, what's a concert that you would like? What's your relatable version of Kogoro's Yoko Okino? Who do you stand? Well, I'm traveling to fucking Wisconsin to see Alkaline Trio and Bad Religion because I couldn't make the dates near me. So that is true. You're you're pulling a Kogoro. Don't break your leg. God, I wish. Why? <laughs> be nice. So he can make himself nice. taller. <laughs> Isn't that a really old one? It's really old. I'm yeah. reaching far back. Yeah, no one's gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yoshio, Yoshio looks at his watch and it's 324 and he's convincing himself that he's not doing anything wrong if he murders a criminal which okay moral ambiguity here uh, however Conan tells him not to do it sitting uh, right by his side on that little bunch he says mister uh, you were asked to kill a person called Akebane weren't you with that weapon in the cream puff box and of course, he knows what this is. He uh, tells the man not to look at him because uh, everyone who's paying attention to Yoshio will know. So Conan says that the box of sweets uh, gave him away as they can't give sweets to his diabetic father and that he's still here despite saying that he had business to take care of. Um, quote, besides, it's illegal to use mobile phones in a hospital and there's a bunch of men showing off their phones and hanging around the hospital watching your every move, unquote. This was surprising to me. Uh, why are mobile phones not allowed in Japanese hospitals? Because it can damage like a dude with a pacemaker. Is that true? That's why you're not... At least it used to be. I don't know if it's still that way, but that's why you're not supposed to use... Because like, I've totally used common thing. a cell phone in an extended yeah, sure you state. You probably, at a you probably killed somebody. Okay, well that's good to know. Uh, Whoever it was. Have you guys... Uh, that's why. 100% that's why? Or are you assuming? Yeah. 100, no. When do I ever assume? Uh, okay. <laughs> I believe you, Tyler. Uh, Yoshio says that he fell for their for, fell into their trap, uh, that they called them to the hospital, then took his daughter and told him to kill Akipane. Conan reveals that they're the gang of robbers and that they will kill Yoshio after, uh, as afterward excuse me as they want to silence their partner and put the blame on him they're going to make it look like an inside job and that he was the ringleader uh so that plot i think was pretty smart uh i'm i'm to be honest a 
really into this episode so far, and I know we're almost at the end of it, but this one's been, I think, one of the more intriguing ones. That's uh, just like the uh, the episode we were talking about before, where the detective boys were running around town. Uh, I think it provides a little bit of a a different type of Conan episode, while still having a lot of high stakes and stuff. Um, and also the the B plot with Kokoro is really nice. So there's only three minutes left. Conan grabs the case and loudly proclaims that there's a gun in the box, which is hilarious. He takes it out and Conan reveals the two accomplices. He uses his shoes to hit the soccer ball off the wall into a fake policeman's face and then uh, at the other tall guy who is watching them. Conan explains to the other patients that they stepped on my ball and lost their balance. Uh, And then another man starts running. The woman with the child gets called by the last man who Conan knocks out with his wristwatch and then he uses his bow tie to tell her to look at the entrance of the hospital. He then kicks the ball at her all the way up to the top of the building and kicks her right in the face, knocking her out completely. Uh, just then, the detective boys find Yumiko on the roof and tell uh, the knocked out woman that, quote, the plan has failed. We'll contact you later. Leave the kid alone, unquote, before Ayumi wanders, uh, wonders what that means. Uh, before long, Yumiko is then reunited with her father and Conan reveals that Uh, Meguri to come down here. He tells Yoshio to fess up and everything will be fine and then runs off to play soccer with the rest of the detective boys. Before leaving, Yoshio asks who he is and Conan introduces himself as a detective. So, uh, quite an episode. Uh, What did you guys think of the finale? I liked Alex and Conan being proactive, just kicking some ass for once instead of like having to figure out the case. You know, they did do like a he purposely like swings the gun around so he can see who all is part of the, you know, gang and the bank robbers and stuff. So there's like some thought put into it. But I like Conan just being a badass, kind of faking illness and sneaking off on his own and tricking the detective boys into doing what he needs them to do without them being like any wiser that there was a case going on. Uh, yeah, the finale was, really was super cool. strong. I really liked how action packed it went. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, action packed. I love how, uh, yeah, like uh, turning on the shoes and like just using it three times consecutively to take out three different dudes like right off the bat. I thought that was really fun. Um, what did you guys think of the episode as a whole? Thought it was really good. <laughs> was it better or worse than the other one? Better. On a scale of one to ten. I don't know. We never score them. Well, now what we're starting. Welcome to the IGN scale of case reopens. All right, so they don't have. Do they? They don't even have like half points anymore, do they? It's just. I don't know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think so. Uh, eight, I guess. This one's an eight. Sure. What's the other one? Or a six. I'd have <laughs> to agree you, with those numbers. This is stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Because the other one, uh. Not super interesting. I thought it was a fine yeah, episode. Yeah, compared to this one, to though. About. I like. Like, this I one think a lot. this was such a well put yeah, together episode because you had the seriousness of the blackmailing storyline combined with the playfulness of Kogoro storyline. So, y- yeah, all the like almost all the yeah. Kogoro stuff was newly added for the anime. Like, oh, that's interesting. De- detective boys like joking around with Kogoro and all, all those types of scenes were made from the anime so usually and this is nice because usually the anime is kind of like 
like kind of rushing two-parters and it's kind of awkwardly paced but i like how they had like a smaller manga case where they could just actually flush it out and make it better um by adding stuff rather than just like kind of rushing through it so this is one of the like anime adaptations that i really dug yeah that's that's a lot of really good points i think uh it's interesting too to see how like an adaptation can change depending on how much content they need to sort of adapt and uh this sort of i think makes a good case as to uh, what's the best version yeah. of the adaptations that we usually type try to get. Um, and I think all the Kogoro yeah, like editions quite a lot too. just added so many high comedic points. Like my favorite was um, in the TV room when uh, Conan was causing all that commotion. Kogoro had no idea about any of it going on behind him. He was like completely engrossed in the <laughs> Yoko Kino program. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me not to go back to, uh, you know, the king himself, Bong Joon-ho. Uh, have you guys ever seen Memories of a Murder? I don't think so. No. Very good movie. Go watch it. But it does this very similar balancing of the tone and having like a funny thing happen in the background while a serious thing's happening in the foreground. and very lo- I, Just very lovely. I like it. I like it when anything does that. Okay. So, uh, after the ending song, uh, Ron appears to visit Kogoro. However, she doesn't need an answer, as she can loudly hear her father cheering on Yoko Okino in the TV room. She yells at her father, who is so shocked that he falls on his good leg and twists his ankle. He tells her (laughs) to call the doctor, but she doesn't care anymore. (laughs) Which I thought, you know, plays back into what we were talking about. A good ending, a good comedic ending. ending this episode. Um, Like, she starts, she sees her father break his first leg, the first leg, and then uh, at the end, yeah. So nice kind of... That's true. Complete. Very interesting that she wasn't there for, like, the majority of the episode, though, even though she was there whenever Kogoro broke his leg. Like, she didn't ride with him to the hospital or anything. She was just like, oh, you're fine. Although, I guess this is the second time it's (laughs) It's happened. Forget it. Right. So the next Conan's hint is knife. Callback to gun. Uh, Shout out to uh, dog. (laughs) Just another classic. Uh, uh, quote, next time, tra- uh, traverse is defined as vertical movement, unquote, which is what Conan says. Uh, and I guess that means mountain climbing. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, all of these little <laughs> hints are terrible. I hate them. <laughs> uh, next week, we'll cover episodes 92 and 93, which is a two-parter called the fearful traversing, God, the fearful traversing murder case. There we go. Okay, and uh, geez, Louise, that was quite uh, a recording. <laughs> Thank you guys for Thank you for hosting. Um, this has been case. Well, it'll probably be like it'll probably be like forty minutes when it's all edited because I'll just <laughs> take out all your dumb shit you said. That's so, probably uh, true. Listeners um, will be very confused. They'll be like, "What do they mean? It was a lengthy recording session." Well, I don't know. I feel like it still won't flow very well. I don't know. I have. <laughs> it's been a mess. Are you, it's are a- you doubting my? audio editing ability no 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 i think you're a great editor i, th- I think it's a matter of a, uh, you know you're dealing with a, you're trying to make what's a you're trying to make wa- wine out of i don't know i don't have a good idiom here uh trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit <laughs> that sounds like a something our boy would say who's our boy who's our oh, boy steven, steven. <laughs> oh <laughs> Thanks so much for watching another episode of Case Reopened. You can follow us on Twitter at Case underscore Reopened. Uh, you can also follow Tyler Therese at Tyler Therese. Is that correct? Tyler, yeah. my boy. 
you can follow me on Twitter at Spirit and Soul, uh, S E O U L, just like the city. Uh, also, uh, Colleen is not on Twitter because she's smart, so you can't follow her. <laughs> uh, thanks uh, again for listening, you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye, and remember, one truth always prevails. <laughs>